Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny welcomes back the best-selling author of Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity, as well as the psychic lawyer, Mark Anthony. The two of them will be discussing Mark's spiritual perspective on current world events. We all know what a few of those are. And he will also be doing some live on-air readings. So stay tuned for the numbers as we give them out very shortly on Sunny in Seattle with special guest, the psychic lawyer, Mark Anthony. And now we welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan, and we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com, or you can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. And my website is goldenoversoul.com. That is goldenoversoul.com. So Benny, just a quick check in with you. How are things going up in Seattle? Uh, doing pretty good. Still a little smoky. Hopefully it'll dissipate uh, by this weekend. Of course, all the forest fires, uh, you know, rolling up here from Oregon, but everyone's staying safe yeah. still. Continue wearing your masks. It will help out immensely. Yeah, we, uh, we fortunately Regardless, have had, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've had two or three really nice days here um, yeah. after, you know, uh, gosh, I don't, I lost count of the days where it was so smoky. So it, it definitely, mm -hmm. um, you know, those things that you don't even, th the things that you don't question that sometimes we take for granted, like the rising of the sun in the morning. And of course the sun was rising, but man, not being able to see it. Oh, yeah. I love the sun. I missed it. What's so, a trip is in the evenings here, we usually see, you know, this obviously the sun and it's you could stare right at it. I don't recommend it still, but you can. But it reminds me of, I don't know, I'm a Star Wars uh, buff with the kids yeah. and they're like, hey, it looks like Tatooine. So on the yeah. you know, on the planet Tatooine, you could see all the suns yeah. in the background perfectly. So it kind of yeah. loosely looked like that if, if you want to go there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad that um, it seems that at least this round, um, you know, we are getting some relief mm -hmm. where we are for the moment. So yep. anyway, glad to hear you're doing well, Benny. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Cool. Oh, how's Action Jackson, by the way? Oh, God. Yeah. Did you see his latest post? Actually, I did. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I like how you framed it. His latest post, right? Like yes. he's all about it. You know, he's got a big following. I know. For those who, if you do, if I'm on Instagram and Facebook and the, the only thing I post other than the things that inspire me are pictures of my cats. So <laughs> our cats are, um, you know, as I think all cats are characters. And so I had a delivery from Thrive Market arrive and I did not, uh, what do you call it, stage that photo. Benny uh, Jackson did that all on his own. Aww. Action Jackson and his love of all things boxes, as I'm sure. I'll Most kitties love boxes. Yeah, I'll so. say it again. He's got to yeah. start his own page, maybe have a, you know, a coffee table book in the, in the works. I still think that's yeah. a possibility. You, you and my mother can work on that because that Ooh. is what she wants to do, too. <laughs> Nice. Janie and Benny can collaborate on Action Jackson's hey. Facebook press or his social media presence and his coffee table. Watch book. out. It's going to be a hit. 
<laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Benny. Well, I'm really excited to jump straight to our guest today, who is someone um, who has been on the show multiple times because I I adore his writing and um, I love the work that he does in the world and I love sharing it with our audience here. Um, his name is Mark Anthony and he's known as the Psychic Lawyer. He is a fourth generation psychic medium who communicates with spirits. He's also a successful attorney, licensed to practice law in Florida, D.C., and before the United States. Supreme Court. Mark graduated from Mercer Law School with honors, which included the study of law at Oxford University in England. He has also studied mediumship in England at the Arthur Finlay College for the Advancement of Psychic Science. He is the best-selling author of Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity. His highly anticipated third book is coming soon. Mark appears nationwide on TV and radio. He has appeared on national TV, including the CBS hit uh, hit show The Doctors, where information he provided during a reading he conducted practical case murder. He is a featured speaker at conferences, expos, and universities, which include Brown, Columbia, Harvard, and Yale. He is continuing the Mark Anthony. Uh, oh, I think this was from an earlier. I'm not sure what, Mark, if you were doing any of uh, the visionary tour or what happened with that. But in any event, uh, you can find Mark online. Find out more by visiting evidenceofeternity.com. That is evidenceofeternity.com. Welcome back to Sunny in Seattle, Mark Anthony. Thank you, Sunny. And you know, you, you're correct when uh, you were you were introducing me about the 2020 Visionary Tour. Mm -hmm. What I decided once COVID hit in in March, I figured instead of canceling the tour, what I'll do is continue it virtually. Mm -hmm. And so sunny in Seattle, I consider to be a 2020 visionary tour event. Yay! <laughs> Boom, so I like it. Part of it. Do it. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And it, because we have this incredible technology and I've noticed that I've been, you know, I've been invited by a number of organizations now to give talks and presentations, you know, on Zoom or Google Hangouts or whatever platform they're using, and and certainly on on radio shows, and what we're seeing uh, nationwide, worldwide, actually, Sonny, is people turning to the radio, turning to podcasts, and turning to the virtual formats. So COVID is definitely um, a game changer for everyone's life. But uh, thank goodness we have technology to uh, circumvent some of the damage that it's done. Yeah, and I, you know, on that note, Mark, one of the when you were first on the show uh, several years ago, I just loved the explanation that you gave, not only on the show, but it's also contained in um, in your book, Evidence of Eternity. Uh, you know, we are communicating virtually, and I, I get this question a lot from people who are not familiar with mediumship or some of the other intuitive skills out there, and they they've wondered how in the world can you do what you do virtually? How do you connect with someone remotely? I mean, you've got somebody who's maybe you're in Florida and they're in a different state, and then you've got, of course, their transitioned loved one who is on the other side of the veil. Uh, do you mind sharing that explanation for our audience today? Uh, not at all. And I'm actually going even further in, in my upcoming book. Um, but at, because there, so many people have had such a positive reaction to what I wrote in Evidence of Eternity, Eternity about this. What people need to realize is that spirit communication and what we know or have labeled as psychic abilities are not hocus pocus. This is based on sound scientific principles, which can be explained through the field of quantum physics. And when people start rolling their eyes and all this, I ask them, well, do you ever think what goes into making 
a cell phone call. You know, all of a sudden, electronic impulse in your brain sends an impulse to your lungs to compress air. So electrical energy is now being converted into muscular energy. And as the wind from your lungs leaves, another impulse makes your vocal cords vibrate. So therefore, the wind energy now becomes sound wave energy. And that sound wave energy then hits the metal plate in your cell phone, which begins to vibrate, turning the sound wave energy into mechanical energy, which then hits a wire in the cell phone, converting the sound wave energy into electrical energy, which hits the antenna, turning it into radio wave energy, which then hits a tower, turning the radio wave energy back into electrical energy, which goes through miles of wires to a huge antenna dish, which then gets converted into radio wave energy. Then it hits a network of satellites going from radio wave energy to microwave energy. Then it finds the right satellite, taking that <laughs> microwave energy, converting it back into radio wave energy, which hits a cell phone tower on the other side of the planet, goes and then gets converted from radio wave energy into electrical energy. It goes through miles of wires to another antenna, converting the radio wave, uh, the electrical energy back to radio wave energy, which then hits the antenna in your cell phone, Sonny. Mm -hmm. And it takes the radio wave energy, converts it into electrical energy, which goes to the plate in the speaker and then becomes uh, mechanical energy as it vibrates, turning into sound wave energy, which hits your eardrum. That sound wave energy then causes the stapes bone in your middle ear to uh, becoming mechanical energy to strike your eighth cranial nerve, thus converting the mechanical energy in your inner ear into electrical impulse, which goes into your brain and says, hi, Sonny, it's me, Mark. <laughs> Okay, you're right. You have developed that since we last talked. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Well done. I've done it on TV, too. If people uh, go to my YouTube channel, it's called Hello, Aunt Martha, because uh, I, I say, well, what if you want to call your Aunt Martha? And, and see, what we have to realize is that energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. And so we pick up a cell phone all the time and we're making calls and then people, you know, and, and people don't even stop to think of what is going on for that to happen. Yeah. You know, and, and um, if you would have told somebody back in the 1920s such a thing was possible, like Nikola Tesla did, he was being interviewed by Collier's Magazine and he said, one day the entire world will be a gigantic brain and we'll be able to not only talk to, but see people in real time. And the device will be small enough to fit inside of a man's breast pocket. Okay. Oh. Or a woman's purse. Okay. So it's a cell phone. And, yeah. and, and let me tell you, he was vilified for that. People were rolling their eyes and saying he was a, a wacko and a quack and crazy and all that. But the thing is, the science fiction of today often becomes the scientific reality of tomorrow. Now. Yeah. The reason that I give that example is if we look at spirit communication, we're essentially doing the same thing, except we don't have all the human technology in the way. What I'm doing is I'm raising my brain wave frequency because the brain operates on electricity and has an electromagnetic field. Spirits are able to detect this and they bring their vibration down. I'm bringing mine up and we get a frequency match. And so when spirits are communicating with me, they're emitting waves of electromagnetic energy, which then interface with the um, energy of my brain, the electrical field of my brain, and get converted into recognizable concepts. 
based on my memories, feelings, and cultural associations. So that's why when a medium says, I'm seeing an image of this, or I'm feeling that, or I'm smelling or tasting or hearing, you know, whatever it is that the spirit's transmitting, that's what's going on. And it's always annoying when somebody goes, why don't they just tell you? <laughs> well, they are just telling us. You know, for example, if I was speaking uh, uh, Mandarin right now, and, and I was speaking it to you, um, and you didn't speak Mandarin, you know, the form of Chinese, it would sound like gibberish. You, you wouldn't understand it. And it's through practice and understanding what those sound wave frequencies, what those bits of intelligence are, so that your brain can take the Mandarin and then convert it into things that you understand. So spirit communication is based on quantum physics. It is not hocus pocus. It is not magic. It is a reality that we're just now beginning to understand. Yes, and that makes so much sense. And, and then you mentioned something a moment ago, Mark, that I actually had put in my outline to ask you about today. Your process, and, and just for those out there listening, I know that um, uh, we teased up that we'll be doing some live readings today, and we absolutely will be. Mark and I are going to talk here for a little while, um, but stay stay tuned. We'll announce the number, the call-in number here in just a few minutes, and you can get ready um, to speak to Mark if that's something you're interested in. But Mark, one of the things that you, again, that you just mentioned and I pulled to ask you about today, you said that you elevate your vibration or frequency up, of course, and then those in the spirit realm are coming down a bit to get more, I guess, closer to where we are on earth. How do you actually lift your vibration or what's the process that you go through to elevate your consciousness? And that's the that's the big question, because this happens to everyone in one form or another. And I guess you caught me on a day when I'm enjoying to explain uh, technical <laughs> aspects. <clears throat> Our brain, uh, we have four different types of brainwave uh, brain waves, brainwave frequencies. We have alpha, um, um, alpha, Theta, uh, hold on. Alpha, okay. beta, theta, uh, excuse me, beta, alpha, theta, and delta. Yeah. Okay, I started doing the Greek alphabet and it's not that. All right, beta is the state that we're in right now. That's the logical awake state, okay? Um, when we go from beta into alpha, that's it's the state people get when they begin to meditate and they sort of get all dreamy and it's the what I call the groovy baby feeling, you know? <laughs> and, and, and then when you go from alpha to theta, theta is deep sleep, delta is. Delta is like virtually no brainwave activity. However, from uh, studies that have been conducted on mediums, myself included, psychic activity appears to occur on the alpha-theta border. There's like this surge of frequency, and spirits are able to spot that. And that's why, and that normally occurs in the sleep state. So that's why so many people will have a dream where a loved one comes and talks to them. But it's not like other dreams. It feels real. And so a spirit will come talk to you, and it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's a coherent discussion. It's not, you know, surrealistic craziness that, that a lot of uh, dreams are. And that's because this is a naturally occurring process. Now, what we don't understand is why people like me can voluntarily do this while I'm in the awake state, in the beta state. And so I can switch from beta to the alpha-theta border in seconds because... I, I, I tell myself this is what I'm doing now, and spirits detect that. And once again, they are pure energy. Spirits are not just invisible humans um, with our same limitations. They're far beyond that. 
they are pure energy, which means they move at the speed of light, which is 186,282 miles per second. So in the time it took me just to say that, a spirit could have been back and forth to the moon a couple times. Mm. And so that's how fast they move. And the other side dimension, and I described this in Evidence of Eternity, you know, think of that we live in AM radio and the other side is FM radio. And the two systems, the two dimensions coexist and for the most part are separate. However, there are many incidences where they overlap. And that's what spirit communication is. That's what a near-death experience is. It's when we leave AM radio and almost get to FM, and of course they send you back, ergo, near-death experience. It's what happens in a dream. That's what happens when people think or feel that they catch a glimpse of a loved one, maybe out of their peripheral vision, or when you're suddenly prompted to turn on a radio and there's that song that makes you think of your loved one. None of these things are random events. These are all different forms of what I call interdimensional communication, which is taking our frequency and connecting it or getting a frequency match with another dimension, ergo interdimensional communication. Yeah, and and when you were talking about these other dimensions, I know you've spoken about this in your books, that where, where these uh, beings are, and there are, um, as I understand it, various levels on the other side of the veil from what you have put together uh, through your work talking to transitioned loved ones and spirits on the other side. Can you speak a little bit about that? Like for the people that will be communicating through you today, um, where are these people located? Yeah, that, that's been my experience is that there's different levels to the other side. Some some uh, people in the field have disagreed with me. I know some of them are like, oh, when we all die, we all go to the same happy place. And it's like, yeah. Um, just like there's different frequencies in the AM, FM, XM band as there is in infrared, X-ray, microwave, there, there's different frequencies. It appears that the other side has different frequencies. And the best way I can describe it is um, somebody who has led a life like an Osama bin Laden or an Adolf Hitler um, is not exactly going into the same frequency as a Mother Teresa or a Gandhi, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Um, now, that doesn't mean that there's a hell in the archetypal sense. And it also doesn't mean that people who were, let's call them negative or evil in this world are evil or negative on the other side because those traits are, are um, side effects of the human brain, which is a finite organ. And when the body dies and the brain dies, which is an organ, so that way people that are, are mentally ill or psychopaths or, or predatorial personalities, that's what dies with the body. The soul is pure energy. It isn't sick, it doesn't get old, it doesn't get tired. And they transfer to another frequency, ergo, that's, you know, no hell, but they retain those memories and are able to reflect on that. Now, I don't pretend to have all the answers, but our existence in this material world is, and, and what we go through here seems to have a direct bearing on the frequency that we transfer to from the other side, mm -hmm. and that the negative and the evil people are part of things that we have to experience. 
So while there may not be hell in the you know traditional sense of you know you, you go to the other side and there's an elevator saying going down you know um, hell's here on earth and and if you don't believe me then look at the news look at what's happening to people living under you know brutal oppression uh, people that are in abject poverty people who are are coping with disease. And uh, humans have been very good at creating hell here on Earth because it's a lower vibration. And the other side is a much higher frequency. And so they're not plagued with those things. So it appears to be extremely complex, yet there is a rhythm to it. And, and once again, Sonny, I don't, I don't pretend to have all the answers. I have insights based on, on communication with, um, gosh, I've probably, we were trying to estimate this. My manager, uh, she travels with me, and you've met Rocky. Is that, yes, uh, oh, I adore Rocky. She's so yeah, cute. Yeah, I'm going to see her later today, so oh, from, nice. on behalf Tell of Rocky. Hi, Sunny, and hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> um, I've probably done readings for close to, if not over, 15,000 people. Oh, and wow. so if you add up all the spirits, you know, we're already in the hundreds of thousands there. And none of them have said there is a hell, okay? But they all have said, but there is reincarnation and there is karma. So what you people in the material world need to remember is be nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good rule to keep. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, I want to ask, well, I know we're getting c close to 9.30 or at least Pacific time anyway. Um and I wanted to ask you, um, as I was going back through Evidence of Eternity, and Dr. Kenneth Ring, who is one of the most well-known near-death experience researchers, as well as Professor Emeritus of Psychology at the University of Connecticut, um, he wrote the foreword to Evidence of Eternity. And I, in reading it, he had mentioned, you know, in his field in academia, he had always avoided, um, you know, while he researched near-death experiences, he had avoided um, more of the psychic phenomenon. And then everything changed when he had an experience of contact with a loved one. And I was just curious, and you were a very pivotal part in his incorporating uh, of your work into the, it, it, seeing the parallels between near-death experiences and, and what you pick up on as well. And I'm just curious, could you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Dr. Ring and how that all came about? Uh, I have the utmost admiration, affection. Um, I, I love Dr. Kenneth Ring. He he is such a pioneer and groundbreaker in the field of survival of consciousness and afterlife research. It was such an honor uh, when he offered to write the foreword for Evidence of Eternity. And what he, you know, found is um, it was Dr. Kenneth Ring and Dr. Bruce Grayson, and then there were, there are two other scientists, and and they. And Dr. Bruce Grayson was based out of the University of Virginia. And, and I've come to know him, too. What a great guy. He's awesome. Yeah. And then, of course, Dr. Raymond Moody um, coined the term near-death experience in the 1970s. And they started pooling their research. And they started seeing that people who die leave their body, have the floating sensation, go through a tunnel into the light. They, they come into contact with spirits of deceased loved ones and, and uh, even the energy and the, the light that, that we would call God. 
um, and then return. And that's why it's a near-death experience. You know, and Kenneth Ring said, you know, Mark, the work you do takes up where the near-death um, experience research goes cold. You know, because yes. the people I talked to, they didn't come back. They're, they're on the other side. And <laughs> he said that, you know, at first, you know, mediums, you know, there's the stereotype of the people with the turbans and the neon sign in the window that are the charlatans and come and woo and all that. <laughs> And he said when he started working with people like me that that saw the correlation between quantum physics and the scientific basis, and he and I, I discussed this with him, is what I was talking about earlier about our world being AM and their world being FM, and it's in the zone between. Yeah. The zone. Some people call it the veil. I call it the the zone. The you know the uh, zone between between uh, the material world and the other side dimension. And that's where NDEs, that, that's what happens with an nde -er, a person who has a near-death experience. And that's what happens with, with um, mediumistic contact with the other side. It also is people who have out-of-body experiences, the so-called astral projection. So what he started seeing is that there's a lot of parallels between what I'm doing and what happens to somebody during near-death experience. So that's one of the factors that that uh, that you know got him to start taking at least the credible medium seriously. Um, you know, I, the problem with mediumship, Sonny, is that the history of it is is just permeated with with charlatans and frauds. Yeah. And I'm not going to name any names, but some of those people are are fairly well known, and uh, I've seen some things. Um, you know, spe well, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, um, yeah. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. So there's some people I have absolutely nothing to say something about. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, I appreciate that. And I, yeah, I really uh, enjoyed that forward that Dr. Ring um, provides an evidence of eternity and I adore his work as well. Um, so let's go ahead. We'll take, um, Benny, is it okay if we just take a super quick break um, to regroup before um, we take some callers? Sure. Okay, and so for those out there listening, I will go ahead and give the call-in number so that you can get in the queue if you would like to speak with Mark um, and have a reading. Uh, the number is 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-5569. And we will be back in just a few. I'm joined today by Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer. And uh, we have been talking about his work, his books, uh, Never Letting Go, as well as Evidence of Eternity. And the website to find out more about Mark is evidenceofeternity.com. We'll be back to start readings in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazarus, and this is Climate Connections. In 1867, after several days of rain, the Tennessee River surged over its banks and water rushed into Chattanooga, Tennessee. The devastating flood remains the worst in the river's history since record-keeping began. But Lisa Davis of the University of Alabama is digging in the dirt and finding evidence of even larger floods in the more distant past. When floodwaters recede, they leave behind minerals. And so we search for these deposits and we date them and we build a chronology of events. And in some cases, we're actually able to reconstruct what the height or the size of the flood was. At their research site in northern Alabama, her team has found evidence of several Tennessee River floods larger than the flood of 1867. 
and she says such events could happen again. As the climate warms, extreme rainfall is growing more common in the Tennessee River Valley. So Davis says it's important for planners to understand what they could be up against in the future. That information can be used to figure out whether or not dams have been adequately designed. Has anything happened that's bigger than what they have imagined? Not just in the past two centuries, but over millennia. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. This message is from the National Council on Aging. Adults over age 60 are at higher risk for the COVID-19 coronavirus because they may have weaker immune systems or chronic health conditions. The Centers for Disease Control recommends older adults avoid crowds and people who are sick. Wash your hands and disinfect surfaces often. Keep a two-week supply of food and medicine on hand. Learn more at ncoa.org. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy. I am joined today by Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, one of our favorite repeat guests here on Sunny in Seattle. And as I mentioned, Mark is going to very generously do some live readings on air here. Um, and I know Benny is um, frantically taking callers in the queue right now. And while he's doing that, and before we take our first caller, there were two things um, that Mark and I were talking about doing before we go ahead and um, start doing some readings. Number one, um, as I was telling Mark on the break, every time I reread his books, new things jump out at me. And one of the ones that um, the, there is a way to kind of approach mediumship as someone who is um, hoping to connect with a loved one. And as Mark really points out in his book, that intense desire can be energetically similar to a bad attitude. It blocks things. And so he has this lovely reframe of instead of I want this contact from this particular person to I welcome this contact, more of a light grip on the whole idea. Um, Mark, anything you want to say about that before we move on? I, I, I do. Um, in my upcoming book, I call that the no, no, no syndrome. Because, <laughs> well, when people are, um, I'm doing a reading for somebody and I say, I'll get, I'm getting this, this, and this. Does that make sense? No, no, no. They start shooting everything down. Then there's the people who are in such a profound state of grief that without realizing it, they're creating the same negative barrier. And then there's people who overanalyze and overthink things the second it comes in. You've got to go with what immediately hits you. Also, um, the no, no, no barrier generates negativity and they'll start to back off. It's like slamming the door in the spirit's face. So it's better to say, I'm not sure. Let me think about it. And here's why, Sonny, because after the reading, I call that time the unfolding. And it can take hours, days, weeks, and sometimes longer for the full impact of a reading to make sense to people. Yeah. And uh, I get emails every day from somebody who said, oh my gosh, you did a reading for me yesterday or last week or two months ago. And it suddenly dawned on me, that's what that meant. So if you put you know, this intense angst, desire or rejection or emotional pain into it, you're creating a block. And certainly, I don't fault anyone for being upset and grieving, but you know, take a deep breath, relax, and you know, let's 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 take. I call them deflector shields. You know, like on Star Wars, Star Trek. Let's lower the shields, okay? <laughs> and let's let's start communicating. And also, what I like to do at the beginning of any uh, spiritual session is I do say a prayer. 
Um, and if that's okay, I'd like to, to open the, this with a prayer. I would love that, Mark. Thank you. Oh God, make us an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. And where there's sadness, joy. O divine God, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Amen. The prayer of St. Francis of Assisi, correct? Yes, he's one of my favorite avatars. I give um, a lecture called Rulers, Royals, Psychics, and Spirits. And I, I go through history and explain about how people of power have had psychic advisors behind the throne. And St. Francis of Assisi is uh, one of those people. And what's fascinating about him is he was a young nobleman in central Italy and, you know, like a pompous, young, rich kid in, in medieval Italy, son of an aristocrat. He joined the army and um, promptly got captured and spent something like a year in a dungeon. I believe it was in the city of Pisa. And he got so sick that he essentially had a near-death experience. He talked about where he went into this beautiful light and, and uh, the people in the, the jail cell with him thought he was going to die and then he comes out of it and he was now St. Francis. The mm -hmm. arrogance, the materialism, the aggression, it was all gone. In fact, um, years, a couple years after that, during the Seventh Crusade, and I don't mean to go on, but this is important stuff. Yeah. Um, the crusading armies attacked Egypt, and from there they were going to use it as a base then to, to uh, go north, north to attack uh, Jerusalem. And he showed up, uh, with um, with some reinforcements from Italy, and they historians still don't know how he did it, but he crossed the enemy lines into the camp of um, Sultan uh, Al Kamil, mm -hmm. and he, the Sultan welcomed him, and they spent a week together discussing philosophy, religion, and praying together. What? And Saint Francis tried to broker a peace deal between the Crusaders and the Muslims. And um, the sultan was so impressed with him, he granted Francis and his followers, that we now know as the Franciscans, safe passage to Jerusalem, where they set up the mission of St. Francis, which, after 800 years, still exists. And a lot wow. of people, this is the history they don't teach you in school, you know. Well, I love that. And that's even more meaningful, knowing that that is the prayer that you use. Mm. Well, I know we do have uh, a full uh, queue already, okay. <laughs> so All let's right. begin. Uh, we have got Carlissa from Alabama. Um, Carlissa, how can we help you today? Hi, um, I have a deceased brother. Um, he passed away okay. in 2016, and okay. I had some dreams. Oh, wait, Carlissa, Carlissa, Carlissa. Hold on, Carlissa. hold on, hold on. Um, first off, my condolences. Secondly, all I need you to say is I'm Carlissa, okay? Um, and and because what it is, I don't want you to provide me with information. You see what I'm saying? Um, so let's see if we can get your brother here, okay? All right, I am getting a male energy associated with you, and 
wow, this is an intense uh, sensation. I'm going to see things, hear things, and feel things. But young man coming through, and I feel like my entire chest is is caving in. It's like my sternum feels this massive impact. So does my face. I'm tasting a lot of blood. Now, what this can indicate is that the impact sensation could be an indication that he may have died suddenly or abruptly. It could be traumatic. Um, the blood doesn't always mean a bleed out, but it could be some type of internal hemorrhage. And the thing is, um, yeah, this feels very, very sudden. And I, I almost feel this like crush. And first off, I don't mean to get graphic, but this is what they uh, transmit to me. I almost feel like a crushing sensation. Okay, so massive impact crushing sensation. Um, and it feels to me that I don't get the sense that he died immediately. He may have lingered for some time after this, but not real long. Does any of that make sense to either your brother or somebody else close to you? Uh, it makes sense uh, um, in relation to my brother. He had a heart attack, um, and there were some notes as far as uh, I assume when he fell out, he fell forward, and he did have, they did list that he had a bloody nose and bloody mouth. So. Um, okay, yeah. so we got your brother. Okay, um, hold on. What it, okay, he keeps talking about yellow and pink flowers with you, and he goes peonies, 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 and he keeps talking about the the flowers. Now look, and I know most people like flowers, and I'm one of these psychics that pulls out oh flowers, but he said there's like some something with you and flowers that seems to be like when you were looking at him, you're like, well, how are they here? Okay, how did they grow here? They're not supposed to be here at this time of year. Is there some weird thing or unusual thing with you and some mystery flowers? Not right off the top of my head. I love hummingbirds, and I'm always trying to attract them um, to my yard, but that's not right that, off the that's top okay. of my head. Yeah, um, there's something with you and yellow and pink flowers. Okay, hold on, hold on. And he's telling me that this heart condition appears to be a genetic, um, genetic condition that flows through the family. And he said that it had a lot to do with a thickening of the the um, the wall of the left ventricle. It, it almost yes. is like, yeah, it's like got like more like leather, you know, it got okay. thick like that. And he said, do you have a son? I don't have any. He, I don't have any children. All right. Did he have a son? He has a son. Okay. He's talking about the son. Um, has the son been tested for this condition? Um, not that I'm aware of. Okay. He's telling me to convey to you that the son, his son, needs to be tested for this condition because if identified early on, it can be treated and avoided. What he wants you to know is that he had a few markers, a few indicators before this, but he was kind of blowing it off. It was like, yeah, I'll be fine. Uh, I'm just tired. Oh, it's no big deal. So he wants everyone to know that this wasn't anyone's fault and people need to stop thinking, if only we had done this. He said, no, this was when I was going to go. And he said, and I want my son to make sure that this doesn't happen to him. Now, he's also saying that I think if you haven't been tested for it, you might have been. Okay. Um, and he's telling me that it doesn't seem to be prevalent with you. Have you been tested for this? Uh, well, I've had a few EKGs. I've got some, some health issues myself, um, but so far everything as far as heart-wise looks okay. Good. He says your issue has to do a lot with calcium, magnesium, iron, 
um, copper and potassium. So your electrolytes are out of balance. Yeah, and he said that's the, exactly okay, right. Yeah, he said that that's what's going on with you and that you've got to keep the electrolytes in balance. And he said taking supplements is fine. He said, but you need to be eating uh, bananas every day. He's also talking about papaya and a big green salad. Okay, now look, I know everyone likes a green salad, but he said with you, the green <laughs> leafies are particularly important, especially like the field greens. And also he said that you need to incorporate fresh parsley into your salad because okay. it's going to contain the beta carotene, the calcium, um, and also what's the other enzyme he's talking about? He said there's an enzyme there that's gonna help keep your heart clear. Okay. So, so, hey, look, start eating some tabbouleh. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Carlissa. I hope this was helpful to you. I, I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, oh Carlissa, um, you know, I got so caught up in what he was giving me medically. He said, if you don't tell her I love her and I love my wife and I love my son, my family's really going to be He's, he's ticked is the word I'm going to use. You can, you know, he goes, so please tell them that. Please, please, please. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Carlissa. Um, next, we have Robin from New York. And um, and just, we, um, I did not do a good job of saying this ahead of time, but as Mark said, just name and um, that's about all, right, Mark? So that you, you don't get too much information. <laughs> right. And the thing is, I, I never mean when I say, don't tell me, it's, it's what it is. Um, a lot of mediums get accused of cold reading by skeptics, which means I'm trying to find out from you based on the information. When I ask you a question, it's because they're transmitting information into my brain and I'm trying to figure out what it is. So that's why I don't want you to come in and go, hi, I want to talk to so-and-so and this is when he died and this is where he died and that's how he died because then you're giving me too much information. Let's make the spirits or, or invite the spirits to transmit the information to me so we can validate who they are and then we can get a message of love healing resolution or guidance for you beautiful and so on that note we've got robin from new york robin welcome how can we help you uh i would like to know about a uh past uh someone that passed in my uh i guess recently i don't want to say who it is or anything but there you go <laughs> okay. Well, what I'm getting with you is I'm getting a male energy coming through, and he does feel kind of, um, he could be on your generational level or the one below it, okay? So this may not be the person that you initially uh, wanted to make contact with, because sometimes other people come through first. And what I'm getting with him is I keep getting this choking sensation. Now, what this indicates to me is that he was having a lot of difficulty swallowing prior to passing, um, and I'm also getting, I'm not so sure that he was on the lower level. He may be on, when I say lower, I mean generationally, he may have been on your level. And what I'm getting here is, um, I'm getting a choking sensation and I feel nauseated and like I want to vomit. Now, nausea and vomiting can be an indicator that he was having difficulty eating and or holding down food prior to passing. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes nausea is a cancer indicator. But let me get back to him. It's like my lungs are filling up with fluid. Lungs are filling up with fluid. I can't breathe, can't breathe, can't breathe. So breathing, swallowing, a lot of involvement between his mouth, his stomach, his, his uh, lungs. And then with his passing, I get this dizzy disorientation. And this is indicating to me that something was going on 
uh, Robin, which was affecting his mental focus and clarity. And based on the sensations that I'm getting, this feels like he was pretty heavily sedated. So what I'm receiving from this gentleman is an indicator that he was very, very physically ill and he was being treated for this. And it appears that basically it was not a huge surprise that he was going to, to transition. Um, and everything was being done pretty much to make him comfortable. Does this make sense to you? Um, the only thing I can think of is my dad. Okay. I don't have brothers or anything. My dad was 78, um, 57. <laughs> so he did uh, have cancer. We did know about it. Um, he was in the hospital, and he, had, he was having a very hard time breathing. Okay. And, hey, is, um, is there, hold on, don't mean to interrupt, but is there something between you and your dad? He's projecting to me images for the, um, um, of shamrocks. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. When I get four-leaf clover shamrocks, what this can indicate is connected to you or to him or someone close to the two of you, a significance to the month of March. There could be births, deaths, anniversaries, or events connected to either of you or someone close to you within yeah. the month of March. Okay, yeah. in what way? Yeah, uh, that was my, I guess, oh, St. Patty's Day, I think, was my grandmother and my grandfather's anniversary. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's rather ominous. What's going on? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that was their anniversary, my grandmother and my grandfather. No, no, I, I started the... hearing, it could be here, because outside it's thundering and lightning here, and I started hearing, I'm like, okay, that's always good. All right, so um, you got a whole group of folks around you, all right? Now, um, is there a Jeanette, could be Janet or a Jeanette? So there's a woman that wants to get a message through to you, and I keep getting J Janet or Jeanette. No, don't don't sweat it. Hey, if you if you don't get it, don't sweat it. Write it down. Okay, uh -huh. here's what your collective of spirits wants you to know. Okay, they said that you're you've been in a state of physical exhaustion for a long time. You're not sleeping well at all, which would make sense because you know you're grieving somebody. But they're also telling me that um, you're almost getting. Please forgive me. You're almost getting obsessed with your grief, Robin. And they're not faulting you for it, but they're calling it to your attention. And they're mm -hmm. telling me that you've got to realize that there's nothing that you can do about this and, and, and don't fault yourself. They said that you have gone above and beyond for, for not just the person that you're grieving, but for everyone in your life. And this is really a beautiful message, Robin. You're one of the, you're one of the good people. You're like the person on, you know, there's a boat and people are in the water and they're, they're, trying to, they're, they're trying to swim and they're almost drowning. And you're the one on the boat throwing off the lifesavers for everyone, including your own. So, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to, to, to try to save and help other people. And that's part of your, your mission. But you have to be very, very careful to make sure you keep a lifesaver for yourself. Let me ask you something, Jeanette. Would it be Danette? Could it be a Danette? Absolutely. When names, when names come through, um, I may get something close to the name. So um, if I'm getting a Janet or Jeanette, and you said the name is what, like Nanette? Uh, Danette, Danielle, Danette. 
Something like that. Oh, Danette, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, recently, okay. I was doing a reading for this lady, and her husband came through, and I kept hearing the name Horatio. And she started laughing, and I go, was that his name? She goes, no, it was Hosiah. She goes, but Mark, I'm going to cut you some slack on that one. We were laughing. So if I'm hearing Horatio and the name is Hosiah, cut me some slack. <laughs> Gosh, because my <laughs> daughter's named after her aunt. And there you go. That's it. So that's the one who's giving you the message and basically telling you um, you're you're wonderful. You help everybody else, but hang on to a lifesaver for yourself. Oh my gosh, the one with my father is so true. Though. So other one, oh my, I don't even know. I'm I'm just like. Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to think because it was Danette. She's Spanish. My daughter's name Danielle, named after Danette. So that's what I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If I'm getting Janet or Jeanette and the name is Danette, okay, if it rhymes, go with it. All right. So I'll leave that with you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Robin. I hope that was helpful. Thank you. my father, though, definitely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know we've got um, several more people in the queue. We're going to do the best we can to get to the remaining people. Um, so hang tight. Um, and we've got next Kathy from Pittsburgh. Welcome, Kathy. How can we help you? Hi, thank you. My name's Kathleen. I'm just wondering if I'm ever going to get over the passing of my father. Well, before, before we connect with him, Kathy, we never get over the death of a loved one. We, it, it, it's unfortunately, it's one of the horrible things in the material world that we all have to deal with. And grief is a road no one wants to take, but boy, are we shoved down it at some point, whether we like it or not. And what happens is it becomes something that we learn to live with. So, so don't beat yourself up um, for, for grieving someone that you love. Okay. So let's see if we can get him in here. And okay, male energy coming through, and all of a sudden, it's like I'm closing my eyes and I'm feeling a massive pain inside of my head. Pressure build up in my head. I'm feeling my feet and uh, my hands being icy cold. That's an indication of circulation problems. Um, I'm feeling um, organ shutdowns, like right across the board kidneys, uh, liver. Uh, bladder issues. It feels like massive endocrine problems. I'm getting um, in my throat like lymph glands swelling up and I feel what I call a draining sensation throughout uh, uh, my body and a draining sensation is an indicator, uh, Kathy, that his passing was not a quick event. Like the, the, something, uh, some type of illness disease was taking him down a click at a time and wow, my head just feels like it's going to explode. So there could have been massive, massive uh, high blood pressure. It could be stroke aneurysm, but I'm just, it's like surge of pressure into my brain. Does any of this make sense? Yes, all of it does. Okay. Um, he is delighted that you are here, okay? And he um, certainly, he loves you very much. And he said, I'm really touched at, at how my passing has affected you. Um, he knows that you love him. He always did. And he, he also said that she knows how much I love her. You know, what I really like about this connection, Kathy, is 
even though, you know, no one's relationship is perfect, you know, and, and fathers and daughters have great times, they have their tumultuous moments. But what I'm getting from him is from his perspective, you have no need to be sad. He says, please don't cry. It's funny, I'm hearing that song, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. <laughs> That's making me laugh, you know, because um, um, it's making me laugh only because he said that there's really no unresolved issues between the two of you. Your relationship was one of love, one of love. And um, he said that from you were a young girl, he said nothing stopped her. He, he could see you like falling down when you were trying to walk and you're getting up. And if you got caught like in, in a bunch of weeds or a bramble, you, you, you would get up. He said if you fell off a bike, you'd get right back up. It seems like what he's telling me is throughout your life, there's been so many circumstances where you've just been knocked down flat out by life. And he says, and you pop right back up and keep going. Does that make sense? It's absolutely true. <clears throat> Okay. Something that, that it, the events that happened around his death are very hard for me to take. <clears throat> and that's like part of what I can't get over. I well, didn't believe people could be so cold. Well, the reason he's bringing up how you've, you know, had so many falls yet still get up is that was yet another one of those. And he wants you to, to get through this. And he said, just keep moving. That's a good idea. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. I'm so sorry for your loss. God bless you. Thank you, Thank Kathleen. You. Yeah, and Mark, you know, we've got two less than two minutes left in the show. And I am I feel so terrible we weren't able to get to everybody, but I just I don't know about you, but that doesn't feel like a lot of time to take another caller. It, it isn't, but here's what I would like to do, Sonny, um, because first off, I want to thank you for having me on the show, and I want to thank all of your listeners and, and especially the callers. And if anybody's interested in a one-on-one -on -one session with me, a phone session, please visit my website, evidenceofeternity.com. Go to the, the link that says phone readings. Don't go to general questions. Go to the phone link, and if you mention Sonny in Seattle, you have to mention Sunny in Seattle, or if you mention Benny of Sunny in Seattle, <laughs> um, you will qualify for a reduced fee uh, reading with me. So for all listeners of Sunny in Seattle in the forum um, for readings on my website, evidenceofeternity.com, please mention Sunny in Seattle and you will qualify for a reduced fee reading. I also invite you to sign up for my website and please follow me on Instagram. I've got a, a bunch of really um, interesting and fun little videos that I've been putting out for people interested in paranormal phenomenon like nice. uh, the Bermuda Triangle and um, near-death experiences. Beautiful. And thank you so much, Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, for returning to the show. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And again, the, the website to find out more, get the books, all of the things is evidenceofeternity.com. This is Sunny Joy for Sunny in Seattle signing off. See you next week. <laughs>